Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Children's Ministry, and I'm so glad you decided to join me today on this podcast episode. Um, We have been jumping through uh, a few different topics, and today uh, we are jumping into uh, a topic around volunteers and getting them uh, ready to go, and so we're going to jump into that, and I'm super excited, but as always, before we do, uh, let's dive into a little bit of context uh, scripturally. Uh, about what we're talking about, because at the end of the day, I can give as many ideas and suggestions and growth tips and leadership principles uh, to you as I want. But at the end of the day, the Lord working in your ministry is what's going to matter most. And so today, um, uh, I'm pulling from Colossians three, uh, and it's three twenty three and twenty four. Uh, and if you know it, sing along. Uh, but it is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so for today, that is, um, uh, I mean, that's always a great reminder for us as pastors um, because it's very easy to um, forget what we're doing. It's easy to forget when we're scheduling volunteers or whatever that uh, we are working unto the Lord and and also with our volunteers, I think reminding them of that as well. Um, Even though they may be in once or twice a week for you, um, it's easy to get into the routine of coming in, doing your Kidman volunteer thing, and then leaving. And so uh, we always want to uh, remind our volunteers and remind ourselves that what we are doing is to serve the Lord, and that is an important thing. And so Today, we're going to jump into this idea of what it looks like to harness our volunteers' passions uh, for the benefit of the ministry, for the kids, and for the Lord's ministry, ultimately. And so, um, the question I have for you, uh, and this is one that if you know him, Jim Weidman uh, asks uh, in one of his books that I read that that really influenced me early on in my ministry career, uh, was, are we filling our room with like passionate and excited leaders or are we just filling it with bodies, right? And I am the first one that will admit uh, that, uh, and I think we all are on there, that we're struggling with recruitment and retainment. Um, like, seriously, a few weeks ago, I lost six volunteers in seven days. It was like literally it was every day I was getting a text and it was a couple that was leaving or a check-in volunteer. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, that was very disheartening to just watch all of these people um, who served well uh, step down in ministry. And so uh, it is a difficult thing to uh, walk through. Uh, and then on top of that, I feel like since covid um, recruitment has just amped up as a challenge, um, and, and I feel like priorities uh, are shifting further and further away from ministry in the church um, and to other outside influences. And so uh, some of my best moms and dads I would love to recruit right now are out every single Sunday uh, this season because their kids are in travel baseball or whatever. And, and I think we're all feeling those ripples in different ways, depending on where you are in the country and just what you're experiencing and your culture around your your church and in your city. Uh, but I think it is a general uh, consensus that we are all uh, working to recruit. Uh, and sometimes it's just not working. And so sometimes we get to the point where just getting bodies in the room 
uh, feels like a struggle. Um, and so uh, you may be sitting there thinking like, bro, Sam, I literally can't, I do not have enough volunteers. And you're telling me that I should get people that are um, passionate and excited uh, and, and, and ready to go in ministry and have gifts and, and, and all of that. And my answer is yes. Um, and this is a struggle that I myself am working through. Uh, you see, the reality is, yes, you should get people that are passionate. And the misconception there is that there's only a select group of people that could be Kidman volunteers in that context. You see, uh, the reality is, I think that any person from any background and any level of faith can serve in your kid's ministry. The determining factor, though, is where? Where can they go? You see, the reality is, um, that, and this is really a realization I've come to, is that uh, for a long time I had this general concept of what your basic Kidman volunteer was, and that was the role. And as I'm continuing to grow in ministry, um, I'm having other leaders pour into me, uh, I'm beginning to see that instead of just trying to do a one-size-fit-all role, why don't we break down the roles of this volunteer, and what if I could you know, give one person this role and another person this role, uh, and they're both uh, would never serve as kids ministry volunteers, but instead uh, are willing to split those roles and serve in those roles. Uh, so for example, uh, for a long time, I, I've had uh, my volunteers, um, and some of them have been my large stage, large group stage hosts. Uh, they've been my large group teachers. They've been my worship leaders. Uh, and then they've also been my small group leaders uh, and done all of my events uh, and everything like that. And so the, the volunteer was really one size fit all volunteer. And the reality is that that responsibility can be split between two or three different people. Um, whereas uh, I couldn't get a volunteer that would be a small group leader and a large group host and hang out with kids before service. Uh, but I could get a volunteer who's going to hang out with kids before service. And I can get a volunteer that would love to large group host. And then I can get another volunteer that would love to lead a small group. And all of those are not mutually uh, required to be together. And so uh, one of the ways that really, uh, you know, impacts this. So today, uh, let's jump in and figure out ways that we can kind of uh, begin to recruit and understand uh, and figure out how to uh, see people's passions and put them in the right place. And so instead of recruiting a general human for X task, we say, you enjoy this, you can fit here. Uh, and go from recruiting bodies to fit a mold to seeing people's skills and putting them in a place that works well for them. So, number one, uh, the first thing you have to do if you want to harness your volunteers' passions and get them really serving and excited uh, is uh, to know your volunteers. Uh, and this is the most obvious, uh, of course, um, but uh, if you're in a boat like me, that's very hard. Uh, I have over 70 volunteers. Um, that I oversee on a regular basis. And so there's there's no way uh, that I can feasibly uh, learn all of my volunteer needs like that, right? Uh, I'm not going to be able to have intentional time with every single one of my volunteers each week. And so what it looks like is intentional time um, outside of, uh, you know, the Sunday mornings or the Wednesday nights or wherever you do services. 
And it's intentional time with um, other leaders, too. And so uh, sometimes uh, I have a few leaders that are, uh, you know, leaders of leaders, and uh, they often fill me in on uh, what my other volunteers are experiencing, uh, but also just taking that time uh, to sit down with all of your volunteers, have conversations, let them know that you care. And so, uh, number one, know what your volunteers enjoy by knowing your volunteers, right? Uh, you, you can't tell if somebody has a secret, uh, passion for, you know, creative arts and design, you know, they may be very reserved, um, or, you know, not outspoken, uh, but man, oh man, can they create awesome stage designs. And that's one of those things you have to intentionally get out of somebody. And number two, now, something really important that I'm working through right now uh, is knowing my own ministry needs, right? Um, it, it's like if I don't have uh, an, an idea of what I need, I can't ask for help in that area. And so uh, I've taken some time to uh, really audit my entire ministry area where I'm uh, you know, leading and, and think, okay, where in this area can somebody serve? And so I have uh, from check-in all the way to creative arts to uh, you know stage and prop design to uh, you know, a small group leader to a stage host. And so I have all of these figured out now. So that while I'm recruiting, um, I can see like, oh, you have a knack for this or like, oh, you don't have you. You can't currently commit to serving uh, during a service. Perfect. We have a check in area right here that you can commit to 30 minutes a week uh, and we can use you here as well. Uh, when you know everywhere a person could serve, uh, then you'll begin to realize that you have uh, a lot more people in your church demographic that can serve. Number three, uh, know what works best for people. Uh, and this is one that is, um, uh, it could be an acquired skill uh, in ministry, uh, but do we have a good idea of what personality types and interests fit your ministry needs? Uh, and this one can, can kind of, uh, First of all, there's definitely surprises um, in people who don't seem like they fit the role and then they get in the role and you're like, wow. Uh, but also it's just uh, one of those things that going back to point number one, uh, knowing their passions and who they are is really important. And so uh, uh, I say that number uh, three is because we don't want to put like, uh, you know, someone who would be a really great intentional small group leader. Uh, that would really love to get to know, you know, your fifth grade girls and get to know them and, and do all that, but is not a uh, bold and outspoken and uh, expressive and emotive person. We don't want to put that person on check-in, right? We don't want to think, oh, they'd be great on check-in, uh, where in the reality is we want someone that's loud, that's that's boisterous, that's excited to see people, that can bring the energy in the room so that when a kid gets welcomed in and check-in, they feel that welcoming presence, right? And so we don't want to accidentally put someone uh, in an area that is not suited for what they are good at. Uh, number four is know how to balance your volunteer workloads. Um, and this once again goes back to, um, some of what I was talking about with the different roles and the different areas, right? Um, is, is, you know, when you're asking a volunteer to be a large group leader, a small group leader to hang out with kids before and after service, hang out with them outside on a, uh, on a weekday, uh, occasionally come to these events, uh, then you, you have a recipe to burn out those, um, volunteers. 
Um, and so uh, if we want volunteers that are passionate, they need to have that energy uh, to bring that passion. And so if we're con- constantly asking them to do more and more, uh, they're going to lose that passion. They're going to burn out. And, and burnout is the quickest way to lose your volunteers. Uh, so find ways to divide that work, right? Find ways to change things up in your ministry so that one uh, role is not taking on a huge load. Number five uh, is within your ministry, have leaders that can get other people excited about their passions. Uh, so uh, I probably use my wife too much as an example, but she's my best volunteer. What can I say? Uh, but she is the perfect example of this because she recently just undertook uh, our kind of creative arts area of the ministry where they build the stage design uh, and the props and the things that kind of go on stage for our monthly theme. Uh, and she uh, is super excited about this and she loves it. Uh, and she's already managed to recruit two separate volunteers out of as a volunteer recruiting volunteers uh, and getting them excited and ready to do uh, work in the ministry and so uh, as you begin to set up leaders in your ministry make sure they're leaders that see other people's passions and can get them excited about it right if you have a leader over your small group leaders uh, have them somebody who is uh, well experienced and can share stories and get your team rallied behind the idea of uh, loving your kids in a small group context or a large group leader have someone who's, uh, you know, animated and able to, uh, you know, hype up the team to uh, bring the energy for the kids. Uh, Number six, short and sweet. Know when it's time to move somebody. Um, Know when somebody needs a break. Know when somebody needs to shift their area and know, uh, even if it's a hard conversation, uh, when to change somebody's role. Uh, It may be uh, difficult to move somebody out of a longstanding role, but it might be the best thing in the end. Number seven, know your role in all of this as the ministry leader, because that really does uh, make a big difference. You see, uh, I am, you know, not from a, a large church per se in comparison, but I'm in a larger church. Uh, like I said, I'm over 70 volunteers um, and we're pushing 200 kids on a weekend. And so my role in this context is completely different than if you're in a ministry where you have 20 kids uh, a week and four volunteers. Uh, You can get to know your volunteers way better and you have the opportunity to really uh, push them for their passions and and get to know them more and figure out how to set them up for the most success. Whereas I am someone who's delegating right now, uh, where I have four or five strong leaders in each of my ministry areas uh, who I am relying on to relay this information to me so that I can uh, then go and uh, make the effort to put these people in the right places to get them excited, to get them going. And so uh, I am more hands-off. I'm more indirect. And I have people who I can trust, who I hope I have set up well, uh, to be able to kind of model these leadership patterns out uh, for me. Uh, And then last but not least, know that the Lord is putting the right people in your ministry. So let's use them, right? Uh, You know, Bible says clearly the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Uh, we as kid men leaders like to, to think about that one a lot. We think, yeah, the workers are few for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, trust that the Lord will have the people there for you. Um, that means prayer. That means intentional time, uh, uh, trusting in the Lord uh, that he's got the people set up for you. Uh, that he's got people out there. Uh, now, that doesn't mean sit back and relax and wait for them to come in because that does not ever happen, really. Um, but trust that the Lord has a plan uh, and that he will put the right people in your ministry.
So that is all I have got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. uh, And I will see you guys next week for our next episode. Bye.